So with all that said, how do we, how do we do better as kings? How do we, how do we run our kingdoms like Jesus? Because that's the whole goal, right? Our whole goal is to be more and more like Jesus every day. Is to strive to be like Jesus. Is to strive to be like the king that he is. So how do we become that king? Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Lord I Need You podcast. This is episode two of the Lord I Need You podcast, so we're still fairly new, so I'm happy you're here. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, my name's Castro Shistol. I am the messenger of this podcast, and this episode today is titled Kingdom of Service. So hopefully that gives you a little snapshot in what we'll be talking about today. So... Let's get into it. Okay, first I'm going to do the like worst part of this, and I know it's not your favorite either. But I have to because we got to get the word out. we got to get it out to people. we got to let the people know what the Lord is trying to tell them. So this is how you're going to do that. You can listen to this podcast anywhere on Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all the other ones that I didn't even know exist like TuneIn, Podchaser, and a bunch of other ones. You can find the Lord I Need You podcast. You can also, oh, quick note on Apple Podcasts, you might not be able to find it just quite yet because they're still verifying the podcast since this is only episode two. It's a very fairly new podcast, so you might have to wait a little bit on Apple, but you can still go to Spotify, Google for the time being. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Lord I Need You, um, and you'll get clips there of the podcast, and like when a new podcast comes out, you'll get little clips of this podcast of each episode kind of like a notification that there's a new one out and on tiktok and instagram though it's the lord i need you the title but with periods instead of spaces okay i got that all out of the way we're done we don't need to talk about that anymore so before we get started i want to open us in prayer so if you're willing actually if you're able is what i mean then I would love you to close your eyes, bow your heads, put your hands together, and take off your hats in respect of our talking to our Almighty Father. So I'm going to pray here. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that we all get to spend with you in your word, um, listening to what you have to tell us, Father. Please, I pray that those who are listening hear your voice, hear your presence, feel your presence, and know that you are there and know that um, you are speaking to them. Father, I ask you to speak through me. I ask you to use your words and not mine. If I am speaking, not of you, close my mouth. If I am, let me go and just go and speak for you, Father. Um, You have chosen me to be a messenger in this way. And so I pray that I am doing it um, completely in your will and by your commands, Father. Again, bless this time. Bless our ears as we listen to what you have to tell us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Perfect. Let's get going. So... Since we're talking about Kingdom of Service, I don't know why, but it sparked the game uh, King of the Hill. And I'm guessing everyone, everyone knows King of the Hill. If you don't, then I don't know how you grew up, because that is a classic childhood game that all of us has played. And let's be honest, especially us guys, we definitely play it even after we're kids. 
Super simple. If you don't know what it is, King of the Hill is just you're on top of an area, I guess. It's usually a mound or whatever. There's a platform that you're on and only one person can be on it and everyone else tries to get on that platform and be the only person on it. So you get pushed off or tackled or whatever it is. And so that's King of the Hill. And so a few months ago when I was still living in Michigan before we moved down here to North Carolina, um, I was invited to go to a family friend's rented lake house for a little bit. And these kids that I knew were like my little brothers and sisters because they go to the old church I used to go to in Michigan and I was one of the kids' pastors. So I kind of grew up with them in this group of kids I really connected with. And so a bunch of their families went down and they invited me to come down with them. And so I do and we're on a lake and, you know, they have one of those floating squares out in the lake where you can swim to, dive off of, you know, do a bunch of stuff. So we use that as our king of the hill, right? So... We would try to get onto this platform, and then if you got onto it, you would try to keep everyone off. So when people try to get on, you'd try to push them off. If someone came on, you'd fight and try to, whoever falls in the water loses, and who's ever on the square, the longest wins, and is the king. So we were playing that game, but since they were younger than me, you know, I'm 20, almost 21, and they are 9, 10, 11. And so... There's a little bit of an age difference and a little bit of a physical difference. Not much. I mean, just a little. And I would take these kids and I would pick them up and, you know, I would just chuck them into the water and chuck them off. So it was definitely fun and it was definitely a good time. And, you know, you, you, it's just a classic game you got to play. But I got to give it to them. They were smart. Even though, like, I outweighed them and I could chuck them as far as I wanted to. Man, I would be chucking one kid and right when I would be chucking in one kid and the other two would come from behind and push me off and I would fall with them. I was like... You're smart. So I, I take that win as a definite boost of confidence. Even though they were 9, 10, 11, I still take it as a boost of confidence because, you know, got to take what you can get, right? So a game that we all classically know and love. The reason why I brought up this game is because we're talking about kings and kingdoms and what it means to be a good king and a bad king and what is a, what is a kingdom of service and... Being a king of the hill is just, you know, a simple word correlation there. But I do want to talk about what a king is. A king is, by the definition, um, it is someone in power that owns something. So someone in power that owns something. And then kingdom, it's two words, king, that's someone in power that owns whatever it is. And dumb is a form of domain, which is usually a place. So in like the old older time, you know, in back when swords and shields and bows and arrows were going on, kingdoms, right? It's that classic kind of look when you hear the word kingdom. It's a king that owns something. He owns land. He owns a bunch of land and the people that live on, he's king over the people that live on his land. The more land you have, the more powerful you are, yada, 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 right? So that's technically what a king and a kingdom is. Now, I'm going to say something and it's probably going to disturb some people. Um... But just just give me a second, calm down, let me explain it, um, and you can fact check me later. But when we're talking about kings, we're all the kings of our own lives. Now let me tell you what I mean. Because the Lord gave us free will, because God gave us free will, right? And to let us choose what we want to do, we, we get to choose what we believe in, we get to choose what we want to do, we get to choose how we live our lives. Right? The Lord gave us that free will, which means we're kings of our own destiny. We're kings of what we want to do. We are the ownership of ourselves. We get to live how we see fit. And 
the Lord has given us that blessing of free, of free will and being the kings of our own lives. Now, being the kings of our own lives also means that we have kingdoms. And so these kingdoms in our lives could be a bunch of different things. It could be, honestly, you're, you're just your family, right? So if you have a family reunion, who's the hierarchy of the family reunion, right? It's usually grandma or grandpa, the ones that have lived the longest. It's their family, right? They're the kingdoms. They're the king of the kingdom, which is your family. Or you can even shrink that down a little bit to your immediate family, right? The king, who's the king of your immediate family? Uh, usually it's your dad or your mom, right? One of the parents will be the king of your kingdom, which would be your immediate family. Uh, you can go way big to your job, you know, whatever job you have, who's the boss? Who's the CEO? He's the king of the kingdom, which is your job. And then you can go even farther and that's, you can look at the government of the United States of America. Who's the king of the government of the United States of America? It's the president, right? He's the highest, you know, obviously we have the different branches, but he's the highest authority, single man authority in the United States government. So he's the king over the kingdom, which is the United States of America, right? But we're going to focus all the way down to the smallest form of kingdom, which is we're the kings of our own kingdom, which is our lives, right? We're the kings of our of the kingdom, which would be our heart, our soul, and our mind, right? We're the king of those. And the Lord has given us free will over that so we can be the king of, of these three things and so that we're not just robots following every command of the Lord. But with that said, I want to look at 1 Kings chapter 14 through chapter 17. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to 1 Kings chapter 14 through chapter 17. I know it's a, like, what, four chapters? Um, we're not going to go, I'm not going to read every single word of the four chapters. That would be crazy. I'm just going to go over the kings. It talks about kings of Israel. And I'm going to go over each of them uh, and talk about how they were kings over their kingdoms. The kingdom over themselves and the kingdom that they were physically given. So this takes place over um, 925 BC to 721 BC. So it takes spans over 200 years, just over 200 years. These are all the kings of Israel. And we're going to see how they, how they run their kingdoms and how they run themselves as humans, right? And so we'll see what kind of kings they are. So let's get started here. So I'm going to go through the kings in order, and we're going to see if they did what was uh, pleasing to the eyes of the Lord, what was faithful in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to go through these, you know, these king names. Please give me grace. We all know that names in the Bible are for some reason super crazy hard to pronounce. I have no idea why, but they're hard. I'm probably going to butcher some of them. Honestly, I'll probably butcher all of them, but just give me... Give me some grace. Show me some love. Uh, you can fact check me on all the names later. Uh, but I'm going to try my best. So bear with me. Okay, the kings of Israel from 925 BC to 721 BC. So the first king for, at 925 BC was Jeroboam. I'm just going to go with it. That's how you pronounce it, Jeroboam. <laughs> I have no clue. But anyway, he uh, didn't believe that God would deliver. He didn't believe that God would deliver anything that God promised him in his life. So he erected a golden calf and practiced sexual immorality. And so obviously King Jeroboam didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Next, we got King Nadab, I think. King Nadab, uh, same thing with King Jeroboam. He kept his golden calf thing going and all the people worshiped this golden calf. So he obviously didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. 
King Basha, same thing, golden calf, and he well, he oppressed the citizens that he was king over uh, for fun. So obviously didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. King Elijah, um, Elaha, I think, followed uh, King Basha. So again, the calf and citizen oppression for giggles, which is not good in the eyes of the Lord at all. And then King Zamari, uh, he was conspiring and committing murder and adultery. So that's what he did throughout his reign as king of Israel. So obviously didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. King Amari did the same thing, conspiring, committing murder and adultery. So that's great. Not in the eyes of the Lord. King Ahab, we all know, if you have if you studied the Bible, you know who King Ahab is. Obviously oppression and selfishness all through his kingship as well. So didn't, didn't follow the Lord. He did not do what was good in the eyes of the Lord. King Isaiah, he was greedy, ambitious, and he actually started a Baal, I think it's Baal or Baal, Baal cult. Um, it was a lowercase God that they believed in, lowercase g God that they believe in, and he started a cult for that God. So obviously he didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. You have King Jeram, Jehoram, I think it's Jehoram, um, and he refused to t- trust God. He just refused to trust God and didn't believe in anything the Lord was was saying him and telling him and prophesizing over him. So he didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. King Jehu, he's the he's one that's done some good and done some bad, but um, he ended up always falling back into sin, as we all do. But he didn't um, ask for forgiveness and he lived in sin and accepted living in sin. So King Jehu, the golden calf. Um, continued that up. And actually, the next few kings all did golden calf. You got King Jehoza, you got King Josh, King Jeroboam II, King Zechariah. Um, all those, all those four kings did worship the golden calf, and they're all in order as well. Uh, let's see, next one King Shalom um, murdered for his kingship. Yep, he committed murder so he can be king. Obviously, didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. King Menahem, uh, he authorized a holocaust on a group of people. And again, more golden calf worship. Obviously, he didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. King Pekahiah, he continued idol worship. So it wasn't just the golden calf, but he brought in more idols for his people to worship. So he didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. King Pekah didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord because of idol worship again. Um, and he started unprovoked and unwinnable wars just to hurt his people. King Hoshea, he murdered his predecessor to become king. Those are all the kings of Israel from 925 BC to 721 BC. Those were 19 kings. And did you realize that out of all the 19 kings that I've talked about, zero of them did what was good in the eyes of the Lord. And they all lived their lives sinful and didn't repent. And the people faced the consequences of their actions and and joined along in committing these sins. And then the Lord, after after these 19 kings, the Lord was like, you asked for these kings, and this is what you got. You didn't want me, you asked for an earthly king. So this is what you got. This is what it is, because it's sinful, it's sinful human nature. We are all sinful people. And so the punishment after all this was after Ho- King Hoshea, which was king number 19, the Syrians came and took captive of Israel. So put Israel in captivity. 
And so I just want you to notice that all 19 kings did what was wrong in the eyes of the Lord and all sinned and all chose the life of sin and never repented and never gave their life to Christ. And what's interesting about this is that they're all sinful people. And you can say today with complete fact that we are all sinful people as well. And so what does that make us? If they're kings, right, and they have kingdoms, they have their effect of their sin goes greater out. And I would argue that it is just as bad for kings like this to have a sinful nature as much as us as kings to have sinful nature. We might not be kings of thousands and thousands of people and have have land and money and all that. We might not be those kind of kings, but we are still kings because of free will of ourselves. And if we continue to live in sin of ourselves, we're going to be destroying not just the not just ourselves, but those around us, just like these kings did. These kings destroyed themselves and the people around them. We're going to do the same because we are all sinful people. And we are all kings. We all have kings and kingdoms of different things, right? Just like I explained earlier. I mean, we can even take it to those that all happened a long, long time ago, but we can take it to today. I mean, it's still going on all over today. I mean, just look at our government, right? There's kings and their kingdoms, and they're living a life of sin, and they're hurting all of us. I mean, you can just go back to President Trump. President Trump, we're all unfit to be king, right? People saying President Trump was unfit to be king. They tried to impeach him three times. And then you can even say Biden is unfit to be king or president, right? I'm, I'm switching out the words, but you understand what I'm saying. He's unfit to be king because just uh, how he can't remember a sentence or look at the things he said or look at the things he's doing. And then you can say that about a lot of political figures and you can say a lot about CEOs and of major corporations like Amazon or, you know, social media, Facebook, you know, all these, all these people that are, that are kings and have kingdoms, right? You can say that they're all sinful people and that they're living a life of sin and that they're not doing what is right. But then at the same time, so are we. We are kings of ourselves and we continue to live in sin and we continue to sin against the Almighty Father because we are sinful in nature. So we are all unfit to be king. It's not just Trump and it's not just Biden. And it's not just the CEOs and it's not just these 19 kings of Israel. I mean, we're all sinful people and we're all unfit to be king. So, so with all that said, how do we, how do we do better as kings? How do we how do we run our kingdoms like Jesus? Because that's the whole goal, right? Our whole goal is to be more and more like Jesus every day. It's to strive to be like Jesus. It's to strive to be like the king that he is. So how do we become that king? And what is that king? I mean, you can just go and read through the Bible and you'll see what kind of king he is. He's the king of love. He's the king of sacrifice. He's the king of grace. He's the king of mercy. He's the king of justice. I mean, how do we live out those attributes um, as, as our heavenly father did? And here's the answer. When I, was, when I was asking God what he wanted me to share and he told me to speak on this, this is what he told me the answer was. This is what the Lord says about being a king like him. To be a true righteous king like the father, we have to relinquish our kingship to God and become a serving king. Say that again. We're going to relinquish our kingship to God 
and become a serving king or a king of service. We have to give up our kingship and our kingdom to him and just become a kingdom of service. Just become a king of service is what I mean. Now, there are some examples of this in the Bible and in today. If we go back, think of King David, right? The man after God's own heart. He was a king that gave up his kingship and just became a servant king. A servant king of the king of kings, our father in heaven, right? Now, I'm not saying he didn't sin. I mean, he did some of the sins that these 19 kings in Israel did, right? So, and sin isn't ranked. According to the Lord, sin is not ranked. It's sin is sin. It's going to be judged all the same. But with that said, he did commit these sins. But what the difference is, is that he asked for forgiveness and he moved forward and he continued to give his life to Christ and he continued to try and follow and do better and follow the commands of the Lord. And so he continually gave service to to the Father. He continually relinquished his kingship and tried to become a serving king of the Father. Let's think of an example that's closer to our day and age. Um, Honestly, it's kind of hard, sad to say, but I mean, we can go to MLK. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He was a king of a very prominent and a very powerful um, kingdom, right? The the Civil Rights Act, right? He was the he was the king of the Civil Rights Act of that time, and he even said that God is like a good shepherd. That's a quote from him. God is like a good shepherd, saying the shepherd is the king and we are the sheep. We are his kingdom. So even though he was the king of the Civil Rights Act, that was his kingdom. He gave that to the Father. He gave that to the Father and became a king of service to the Father and allowed the Father to work through him and do what the Lord wanted him to do through the Civil Rights Act. And then look what happened. I mean, he changed the world. He helped change the world and change the directory of life and was able to defeat sin and with the Lord's help instead of allow sin to continue to rain havoc on our daily lives. And so... The whole point here, the whole thing we want to we want to hone in on is that we need to relinquish our kingship to God and become a king of service. We need to be a kingdom of service and how do we do that? How do we become a kingdom of service? Well, we ask him about everything every day. There's nothing too small or too big for the Lord and he wants you to come to him with literally everything you have on your mind. To as small as what are you eating for breakfast? What's good for your body? He'll tell you. To all the way to, do I get this job or do I not? Do I divorce or do I not? Do I, how do I move forward with this friend? I mean, every big and small question you have, he's going to answer. And that's giving your kingdom to him. And even yourself, like, what do I have to work on? Giving the kingdom of yourself to him and being a, in service of the true king of kings. And then you'll be able to be a better king to your kingdoms. Do you understand what I'm saying? He'll be... He'll be able to infiltrate you and how you serve and become, and you'll become more like Jesus in the ways of love, grace, sacrifice, justice, right? And so when you become that father of that family or that grandfather of that entire family, or you're the CEO or the boss, you get to be that king that is like Jesus. And you get to be loving and grace-filled and just as long as you relinquish your kingship in your kingdom to the Father. Now, with that said, 
I mean, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. We're going to we're going to start wrapping it up here, but I'm going to give you that opportunity right now to be able to give your kingdom to him. You know, why not do it now? You you're here, you're listening to this podcast and there's a reason the Lord put this podcast in front of you. This just might be the reason. You're going to have an opportunity to give your kingdom to the Father and relinquish your kingship. And you can give your life to Christ right here. We're going to pray in a little bit and you're going to give your life to Christ. And when you do that, you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to come in to your heart. And you're going to be able to feel how how the true King of Kings runs his kingdoms. And you're going to be able to tap into that. You're going to be able to use those techniques that the Lord uses and use the love, the grace, the sacrifice, the just that he uses onto your kingdoms and onto yourself, most importantly. And so we're going to give you that opportunity right now. So this is this is a big moment. This is huge, and I don't want to I don't want to just quickly go through this. So please take this seriously, because the Lord is wanting you to give you to give your kingdom to Him. He's wanting to be He's wanting to be your King, your King of Kings, and He's the greatest King you can possibly imagine. And He's the King that created you and that loves you, and that all He wants is good for you. All he wants is for you to grow in him and for you guys to have the greatest relationship. So I'm asking you to relinquish your kingship to God right now. So please, if you're able, bow your heads, close your eyes, put your hands together, take your hats off um, in respect to the King of Kings and repeat after me as I pray. And we're going to give our lives to Christ. We're going to give him our kingdoms and we're going to allow him to be the king over our lives and we're going to become kings of service dear lord i ask you to come into my heart i ask you to be the king of my life and i relinquish my kingship over my life to you lord i believe in you I believe that you are the one and only God. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose again three days later. And I believe that you died for our sins. And that you are my Father in heaven. I give my life to you. I give my kingdom to you. And I become a king of service to you, Father. Amen. Now, I know this is, I know that just seemed like a simple prayer, but I know that there's also something inside of you that is stirring up. Because if you just prayed that prayer, then you know that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you can feel it. I know you can feel it. And you can feel it rumbling inside and you can feel it moving around and you already are starting to feel the King's ways in you, the love, the sacrifice, the grace, the just in him that is now coming into you. Praise, rejoice, rejoice in the Father for this is amazing. This is a beautiful moment. This is probably, this is the biggest day of your life. This is the biggest decision you could possibly make. I'm so happy for you. I'm praising with you. Go celebrate. Don't let this go. Make this a huge thing because this is huge. This is bigger than you can possibly imagine. You just saved your life. You really did. 
from dark to light, you just saved your life. Go listen to episode one where I go into deep of what the Lord did exactly for us so we could have this moment right here. This is an amazing go. Get a cake. Go celebrate. Call people. Go get plugged in into a church, into a community. Um, go get yourself a Bible. If you don't already have one, open it up and start studying what the Lord has for you. I'm so happy for you guys. I'm so happy for those who gave a life to Christ and for those who are just here listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for this time with me and allowing me to take up some of your time. Um, I pray that the Lord hits you with some of this, that we relinquish our kingship to God and we become a serving king. Um, I hope that drives home and I hope that you can see the what the Lord is doing and what his kingship is like and what his kingdom is like. Go enjoy. Have a great day. Thank you for everything. Thank you for listening. Um, for those who just gave their life to Christ, please say something, put it out there. Um, celebrate because this is huge. Um, we're so excited. The, their angels and the Father are dancing in heaven celebrating that you're now a child of the Father. Congratulations. Guys, have a great day, and I'll see you next time. This was episode two of the Lord I Need You podcast, Kingdom of Service, in 1 Kings chapter 14 through chapter 17. Go give that a read, and you can see all the evil kings of Israel and see how you cannot be one of those kings. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.